Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a very special guest in podcast studio, sporadic listener, first time <laughs> podcaster, and the fifth and final member of the D family. Finally, here in podcast studio, Car D. So I put, first and foremost, coming in fresh after listening to all of our OC pods and then not Mm -hmm. listening once since. Yeah. So it's been... I just kind of want you to work for my love and affection. (laughs) So it's been since like end of 2018 since you've Mm -hmm. heard a podcast. I mean, I listen to other podcasts, just your podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So we love it, though. We love even our sporadic fans. We love them all. But first and foremost, on this pod, we got to give a little housekeeping contact information. Do you know our contact information? On the gram. Yeah. You are Vicarious Living Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on Gmail, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Kids, get at us for all of our swag situations. We've got plenty. Okay. Tonight on the podcast... We kept it in the family. What movie are we doing as we keep it in the family tonight, Cardi? Heavyweights. First and foremost, why are we doing heavyweights? We talked about it because we want to do something a little light in a world that's a little heavy right now. Play on words. Heavy as fuck. <laughs> Shit going on in the world right now mm-hmm. blows ass. Sucks. And it's about as depressing as it gets. So Yeah, 2020 is a... Uh, Topping itself over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> fucking missed. Yeah. 2020 missed the mark, but sure your suggestion was uh, that we should do Coach Carter to actually tackle <laughs> the tough. Hit, hit the issues head on. <laughs> and I was like. And I realized I meant remember the Titans the whole time. And dad's already called that. Oh, fuck. Also, want to say this movie skews a little younger than the normal teen fair that we do on this podcast. I was actually going to bring that up. Is this even a teen drama? It's a teen comedy. So we're still in the... Sure, te- sure. But it's just, it's not 17-year-olds like we usually do. Yeah. It's like they're 13. And I guess barely. there's older adolescents, so they fit that teen. And I'm pretty sure Josh Birnbaum is like 24. Minimum. <laughs> so uh, I think we're good on uh, checking the teen box. But anyways, who cares? We want to do something light. Okay. First and foremost, I want to say this movie directed by Stephen Brill. Mm-hmm. Why that's important? He wrote all the Mighty Duck movies. I did not know that. That's fire. That's a fire fact. Uh, second fun fact is that it was mm-hmm. writer. 
Mm-hmm. I know. Judd Apatow. Yeah. I did my homework. I'm a grad student. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first non-made-for-TV movie that he wrote, and then, yeah, maybe you've heard of Judd Apatow with such content as 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, Freaks and Geeks, This is 40, etc., etc. I've heard of him because he's married to Leslie Mann. <laughs> That's weak. That's the only reason you know who he is? No, I'm making a joke. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Okay, so, yes, we all know who Judd Apatow is. This guy brings the fucking heat. He crushes, always. And I, mm-hmm. when I saw this, I was like, God damn. And then I was looking it up, and he also did, early on, he wrote a couple other things. Oh, fuck. I, look it up. I didn't realize his career was, like, spanned all the way back to the early 90s. Oh, it was Celtic Pride. Oh my god, that he movie's wrote, so good. That that movie I have to do on the pod. Like at some point, it, there is zero connection to teens in that movie, but I have to just do Celtic Pride because it's like what's the guy's name in that movie? He's like the goose McCarthy, Ben McCarthy, or no, something. Chris McCarthy. Chris McCarthy. Yeah. Oh my god, I need to just play a clip of Chris McCarthy. I just need to get it in. It's so good. Oh, it is going to feel so good to deny Lewis Scott the championship. That's right. He never won it. He never will. Chris McCarthy! Ah, ah. What all have you been? How are you doing? I got married and moved to New York. Hey, How you doing? I have seen you since the 86 series when Buckner had that little miss at ah, first hey, base. Not my fault. Come on. What are you doing back here? I just got, I came in for the game. I oh. got this ticket. 300 bucks from a scalper, but it's right up here. It's a good seat. Well, you're hardcore. I'm hardcore. Hey, it's good you're to see hardcore. you. Good to see you. Huh? Hey. <laughs> you guys want to go to Doyle's? Yeah, maybe we'll get see, together. I'll see you at Doyle's later, sure. Mike? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Chris McCarthy. You still dwelling on that Buckner thing? Chris McCarthy. Hey, hey. It's fucking Daryl Hammond playing Chris McCarthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious. God, I love that movie, Celtic Pride. So good. Okay, should I read the plot of Heavyweights? Everyone knows it, but sure. I'm just going to officially read it. School's out for the summer, and Jerry Garner eagerly forecasts weeks of lazing around that is until his parents inform him that they have signed him up for a holiday quote unquote at camp hope a fat camp that unbeknownst to jerry is about to be bought out by mentally unhinged exercise guru tony perkis it's turned into a rigorous fitness facility for use, and Tony pumps the fun out of the whole summer with his assistant Lars, punishing anybody who tries to break his totalitarian <laughs> grip on the camp. Together with his new friends in the camp's original staff, Jerry must stop Tony's brutal regime and take back the camp at all costs, heavy weights. Mm-hmm. Just right off the bat. We know we are getting into one wild ride, and this fitness instructor has to deliver the goods, Mm -hmm. which I think we can both say he did. He did. And mentally unhinged is a nice euphemism for cracked out. Mm. Yeah, he is. uh, He's a special breed of human. Uh, We'll we'll do a whole breakdown on on Ben Stiller in that role when Mm -hmm. we get to our player breakdown, but... I want to give three fun facts to start this movie, and then we're going to guess some Rotten Tomatoes. First fun fact. You mentioned Leslie Mann. Mm-hmm. Judd Apatow showed Leslie Mann this movie to like impress her 
on their first date. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, two, Ben Stiller, who played Tony Perkis, as we said, and his father. Real life parents played the Bushkins in this movie. Mm-hmm. Jerry Stiller and Ann Mara. R.I.P. Jerry I Stiller. Fucking so God. sad. Arthur. I, I a lot of, most people think of him from Seinfeld, but yeah. I personally yeah. think of him from King of Queens because I have seen all nine seasons of King of Queens mm-hmm. like four or five times. Yeah. And I think it's funny in the movie that his real life parents play the Bushkins, but then Ben Stiller plays himself as his father at the end of the movie. Which I just want to say when he plays his father at the end, <laughs> it is like one of the most hilarious it's characters. It's so funny. It's like it's a so funny. It's like a a sun bleached like he's got skin cancer crawling mm-hmm. all over his body. Yeah, dude from f- who's lived in his who retired. Yeah, and he's lived in Florida for the past thirty years. <laughs> uh, hilarious like metallic silver aviators mm-hmm. tracksuit tracksuit from <laughs> head to toe, and then uh, balding but slicked back balding hair yeah and he just played that role perfect yes and he and ben stiller have the same like weird accent that they do in the movie but his is a little more exaggerated as the dad's it's so perfect yeah uh we'll get to it at the end but um yeah i love i love that it's like a cameo in this movie and it's just hilarious third and final fun fact sean weiss aka goldberg from Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. You familiar? Mm-hmm. The goalie. I'm trying to like picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the, the goalie. Big guy. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. the yeah. fat goalie. He was not interested in this role uh, in heavyweights. However, he was told he could not be in the third Mighty Ducks unless he acted in this. Good old fashioned blackmail. Good old fashioned blackmail. Um, I'm going to dig deeper in him again in our character breakdown. But before we do, let's guess some Rotten Tomatoes. Where do you think it stands? So I did not look, knowing that this was a thing. Um, I want to go like almost fresh. So I want to say like 55. Mm. I mean, it's the That's 90s. Aggressive. It's the 90s. You get away with more in the I know, 90s. But comedies just get slaughtered on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, 55. That's that's fine. I'm not going to shit. I'm not going to tell you to take your guess away. 55. I'm going to guess... I'm going to say 23. Yeah. That's absurd. I do I don't think it should be that. I'm uh, again, I'm just I got to go off what I think the critics are going to give it. Okay. And so I think the critics are going to give it a 23, but in my head it's a 100% movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Is rotten. <laughs> at 29%. Fuck. Audience, 77. Okay. So audience almost has it certified fresh, (laughs) which here's another thing just to keep in mind on this. Audience score at 77 is from a consensus of 45,000 audience votes. Mm -hmm. The tomato meter on the critic score at 29% is literally only seven reviews. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, that means that two of the seven voted it fresh. Five of the seven voted it rotten. 
That's how it got 29%. Okay. Hmm. It's bullshit. Bullshit. Player breakdown. Are you ready? Ready. Tony Perkis, Ben, ben Stiller. Stiller. Do you want to kick off any thoughts on Ben Stiller before I go into my diatribe? I mean, so he's obviously loving the cocaine in this movie. Tony mm. Perkis, high on cocaine, whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Love the accent that he does. I don't know what it is or where it's supposed to be from, but like Gerald Garner is <laughs> so perfect. It's very, th- there's like literally no difference in this role mm-hmm. versus Dodgeball. Yeah. It's the same exact, the only difference is that in Dodgeball, his character has a mustache mm-hmm. and in Heavyweights, he does not. That's yes. the only difference. <laughs> yes. He is ripped in this movie too. He's that's, tiny. That's, so he's like five, six mm-hmm. in real life, but you can tell he he yeah keeps himself in shape mm-hmm. and he likes to like show off some a little body in mm-hmm. movies and he does it always in like a joking way right but it's always like i don't know like ben stiller you just want to show yourself with your shirt off because mm-hmm. you do it a lot and don't blame you but yeah he's got a good physique um one one fun fact his ex-wife which they just got divorced recently, but they had been together forever. They were together from 2000 to 2017 before they got divorced is Christine Taylor. Mm-hmm. Dodgeball. She is the main yeah, yeah, female. Yeah, yeah. Love interest of Vince Vaughn, actually. Yes. And then she's also in uh, Zoolander. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's a, the reporter. She's the reporter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was severely let down when I saw they got divorced because it was like, I know it happens all the time, but anytime like people are together for like 20 years and they have kids and Mm -hmm. then they get divorced, I'm always just like, the fuck? You can stick it out till death. Well, even just feel that way in like Hollywood, all the marriages end early. So when there's one that's like actually going for a while, you're like, yeah, they've done it. They've done it. And they didn't do it. Yeah. Brad and Jennifer Aniston, they're doing it. They're doing it. And they seem like they were together forever. I think they were only together like fucking seven years or so. Yeah. So it like definitely like 10 or less. Yeah. Um, okay. Honestly, my favorite thing about Ben Stiller is when he parodies Tom Cruise. Okay. Yeah. So Ben Stiller earlier in his career would do a lot of parodies of Tom Cruise and it would be for like MTV Movie Awards. Like, you know, they do mm-hmm. those where it'll be like a funny little right. skit. So he always played Tom Cruise, spelled okay. C-R-O-O-Z-E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's Tom Cruise's stunt double. Okay. Tom Cruise no. with a Z. And uh, there's this clip from the MTV Movie Awards where... They're all on the set of Mission Impossible 2 and Tom Cruise with a Z, a.k.a. Ben Stiller, <laughs> is like trying to tell him how he should do his job. <laughs> I think if you're going to be a really good stunt double, you have to really become one with the actor. You have to walk like the actor, uh, talk like the actor, uh, legally change your name to sound like the actors. I don't think of myself as a stunt double, really. It's more like I'm a stunt one 
bull. I mean, I'm always thinking, I'm always brainstorming ways to make the fight look better. Uh, come, and Ambrose, he comes yeah, right. right over the right. hill. John, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I just, it's a crazy thought, I just got this idea, but uh, what if when Tom jumps off of the bike and when they're both coming at each other, if right before, and this is just something just flew in my head here, if he turns to camera and goes, this mission, it just got a hell of a lot more impossibler. Then you do the hit. You know, he's harmless. He's harmless. He's harmless. He's... <sighs> this mission, it just got a whole lot more impossibler. <laughs> Boom. Do the, do the crash. <laughs> yeah, he's harmless. He's harmless. <laughs> yeah, he's harmless. <laughs> he does such a good Tom Cruise, but... um. I, he's such a big part of this movie. He puts this entire movie on his fucking yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, God damn. Like, yeah. without him, this movie is a nothing. Yeah. And even if it was, like, somebody else playing that role, no one's going to do it like him. So it just, like, like the movie can't carry itself with the plot. No. The, <laughs> the, the premise. Pl- the plot is, I, and we'll we'll get into this, but the the premise is actually kind of fucking ridiculous in 2020 (laughs) but now i was watching it and i was just like hey i haven't seen this in 20 years one my first thought this movie totally holds up Mm -hmm. and then two i was like god damn like ben stiller is this movie like it is literally i i always remembered it as like oh jerry garner he had some moments and the camp counselor pat i remember him having some moments but no like looking back i'm like this movie is all on Ben Stiller's shoulders. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I was trying to think too. Like, I know that you do MVP later on, and I'm like, yeah, don't, I mean, don't give it away. I'm not gonna say, but okay. I, I was just thinking, like, I feel like the obvious choice is Tony Perkins because he carries the movie. But I got creative too. Uh, let me just say, hmm. I would not begrudge you if you picked him. Did not. Okay. I made a strategic effort where I'm like, I am not going to give the MCITW to him because that also seemed too obvious. It's <laughs> just right. funny because now we're both saying like it seemed too obvious to give mm-hmm. him both <laughs> the worst award for mm-hmm. the worst character in this movie and the award for the best character in this yeah. movie. And I didn't assign him to either. Which is wild. Mm-hmm. Last question on him. Favorite Ben Stiller movies. Okay. I wrote down four. Wow. Because I, I knew this was a thing. Okay. I came prepared. Okay. Okay. So, Meet the Parents, one of my all-time Classic. favorites. And there's so many good characters in that movie. So, Like, not just him. He doesn't carry that movie, but he's, like, just part of, like, an awesome ensemble cast. Love that movie. Um, And then definitely Along Came Polly. Mm. So, so God. good. <laughs> That movie is so hilarious. R.I.P. to... uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. God, that guy. Best man in the house. So good. But... Uh, Is that better than when he's playing basketball, though? Let it rain! Rain dance! Take it roll! Take it roll! Outlet! Outlet! Rain dance! I'm burning. 
eyes are burning. But those two for sure. And then I was trying to like just have a roundup of like top three. So I was going back and forth between Zoolander and Dodgeball because they're both like stupid comedies. But I think I like Dodgeball more. I can watch that over and over and not get sick of it. I love Dodgeball. And I think it's wild that I put five down. (laughs) I have my top three, actually, and then I have honorable mentions. But what's funny is that there's actually only one overlap, Hmm. and it's Dodgeball. Which I think speaks, honestly, to how many quality flicks he's had. Where both of us in this podcast studio Uh are coming up with different lists. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have one for me. Is there something about Mary? I thought about that one. I can't. It's good. That movie is. <laughs> oh, it's honestly that could be done on this podcast because they do have a flashback, like start that, that movie of work. him in high school. Yeah, you can get it. Um, two, I did. I agreed on dodgeball, and then three, I got to go. Tropic Thunder. Love tropic thunder i think i'm just in the minority on that one of like i've seen it it doesn't blow me away and i think i like i'm definitely in the minority on that i don't know what i'm missing i don't know what you're missing either. i don't know i know (laughs) i don't know but i feel like and maybe it's just i'm trying too hard to like it because i don't get why everyone loves it and i don't but i'll work on it still robert downey jr in that movie he was so good he was actually nominated for an Oscar for his performance, which never yeah. happens yeah. in comedies. You're you right. never get nominated. He crushed it. But um, my honorable mentions, last thing on Ben Stiller, Zoolander, I think mm-hmm. you did mention that. And then I want to put a real dark horse in here because this is not a, a Ben Stiller movie at all, is he's not even credited in this movie, but it's so dynamite, his performance, that I put it on here for honorable mention Ben Stiller and that is him as the nursing home orderly (laughs) in Happy Gilmore I thought you were going to say Orange County he's a fireman in Orange County after Jack Black burns the building down yeah yeah Yeah. Um, because that's like one of the most quoted parts of that movie for at least you and I when we're talking about Happy Gilmore Yeah, is like that whole nursing home bit in the movie Sir, um, could I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? It helps put me to sleep. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Now you will go to sleep, or I will put you to sleep. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Oh, dear. Hey, you'd trouble me for a glass of shut, shut the, the hell, hell up. up. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, oh. <laughs> But he does. I feel like when he does a character, he fully he takes it on. I mean, to go from like who he is in Dodgeball to Derek Zoolander to Tony Perkis to Meet the Parents, Greg Fokker. It's just like, what? Yeah. And even I was just watching the other night uh, that movie, The Heartbreak Kid, which yeah, it's 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 not great. But I was watching it just thinking like, God, even when Ben Stiller just gives like a C plus performance, the, it's still like de- yeah. de- like decent. Like I, I actually liked that movie. It's just the ending is bullshit. So I just refuse to like the movie as a whole and like put it on this list because I just hate the ending. That movie, Heartbreak Kid, is just Malin Ackerman owning. Yes, she just she, owns that whole movie. Her character is so awesome. 
she crushed the that movie. switch that she flips when they get married is hysterical. Oh God. Okay, second guy on this player breakdown, Gerald Garner, Garner. aka Aaron Schwartz. First and foremost, I just want to say, if you look him up now, he's actually totally hot and ripped. <laughs> I feel like that's always the case with yeah. like, like, what's the dude's name from Harry Potter? Um, Neville Longbottom. Oh, he's hot. He's now? like super hot in real life now, hmm. as he's like grown up. Did he fix his teeth? Because his teeth were fucked up when he was young. Uh, I don't know. All the pictures are like total smoke show, like oh, <laughs> half dressed. Not like see. scruff. No, coming in. Live look up, live look up, because I got to see if Neville Longbottom is hot. Mm-hmm. And you can still tell it's him. Like it, you can tell it's him, and he just grew up really well—a glow up, if you will. A what? A glow up. What is that? When you grow up and you like get hotter, it's called oh. a glow up. Cool, 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 cool. That's what the kids are calling it. <laughs> oh, Matthew Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he totally fixed his teeth. Yeah. I mean, he's a little preppier than my taste in dudes. Like hot dudes, yeah. older in life. I mean, of course but. he fixed his teeth in that movie. He's probably like nine. You don't have braces before you're nine. Hey, points off. <laughs> <laughs> He's two years younger than me, born mm-hmm. in 89. Damn, Neville Longbottom. Yeah. I mean, here's what I will say. I agree with you. He became much more attractive later in life than where he started out as Neville Longbottom. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Aaron Schwartz, Gerald Garner. Um, so he's totally hot and ripped now. He was, he's the main lead, uh, fat boy mm-hmm. and, <laughs> but really not that fat. No. Yeah. So go many, into that. Yeah. So many, like, I feel like when we watched this, when we were kids, I was like, oh my God, these kids are huge. Like, yeah. But then I looked at it now. I'm like, a lot of these kids actually just look normal weight or just like a little chubby. Like they haven't just grown into their bodies yet. Like, Nicholas, especially, he's literally just a normal sized kid. Nicholas is a little British boy. Fucking love him. Nicholas, yeah, Nicholas. <laughs> he's so great. Oh, I got thoughts on Nicholas at the end of this movie. He okay. really fucks the pooch. <laughs> What's that saying? Screws the pooch. Nicholas <laughs> fucks the pooch. Fucks the fucking pooch. He fucks the pooch. <laughs> Mom and dad are going to love hearing that. Mom and dad. Yeah. Are probably gonna listen to this podcast for their second only podcast listen of all time yeah. because you're on it and youngest child so yeah they were not happy when they heard some of the things i was saying on the mag d podcast but <laughs> well mom yells oops. at me all the time for saying <laughs> fuck and she told me that i could only have two fucks a day oh, i thought you were gonna say on this podcast you can only have two fucks no she limited me to that but she never yells at you for saying fuck it's because i'm the oldest your dude remember when i no 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 mm. it's because i'm the oldest and the best remember when i would come home from college there would always be it was bullshit you knew brian bread. was coming home from college before mom said anything because there'd be like fresh baked banana bread oreos the good cereal mm. yeah just like two percent milk instead of skim and i'm just like oh hmm. <laughs> when's when's brian due back she'll be like he'll be home in an hour Oh, okay. God. Great. I'm going to go back up to my cellar. Don't worry. The troll won't come out while the oldest is home. It's so awesome being the best. It's so awesome. Okay. Uh, Jerry Aaron. Garner. Jerry Garner. <laughs> Gerald Garner. Only thing. Oh, in, last interesting thing on him for me, because we are currently doing this show that, by the way, I just want to say, 
Real quick, we are currently on the show, Gossip Girl, on this podcast. We're doing a little movie hiatus, two or three week movie break in the middle of Gossip Girl. But this guy, Gerald Garner, ironically, was a character named Vanya for 15 episodes on the show, Gossip Girl, like when he was older in life. No big deal. Vanya? Who's that in the I show? I haven't I've got seen to it yet. No, you have? Yeah, I've seen all the Gossip Girl. It said 2009 to 2012, so that means like to me... like the last season, I guess? 2009 would have been season three, so I'm I'm only on season two now, but in Gossip Girl, so it means that he probably came in in season three. Hmm. But, I guess I just like totally didn't recognize him then, because yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, he's in that. You want to go to the next guy? Yeah. Keenan Thompson, a.k.a. Roy. <laughs> yeah. Uh... First and foremost, this guy holds the record at SNL for longest tenured cast member. 18 seasons. He will never leave. Never. <laughs> I am like in the minority of people who still watch every... I record every single SNL every week. I record mm-hmm. it and I watch it. Everyone. And I'm like... When I watch it, I'm just like, dude, it's like time. It's just... It's time. Like, you I, had your run. Yeah. I appreciate everything you've done. Like, it's been fantastic. But, like, I've now been watching for the past 10 years, which is, you know, the a lot of the time you've been on. And I'm like, good. I'm mm-hmm. good, dude. Like, I get it. You can do a Steve Harvey impression. Next. Yeah. And, well, I mean, this movie shows it, too. He has been doing the same thing oh, with his yeah. comedy of, like, he says a funny line and he, like, curls his lip like he starts to laugh. And he still does that now is like, I have no idea how old he is. <laughs> I have, yeah, he as, could be. However, because yeah. he still looks the same as like Nickelodeon days when he was on Keenan and Kel. So I have no idea how old he actually is. But he's, I don't find him funny in this movie either. I've never thought he, he's, he's in the Mighty Duck movies. He's in uh, Good Burger. <laughs> Classic. Is, uh, yeah, Good Burger. What a movie. But. <laughs> I, yeah, I've just never been into his... Com- I, I think what it is is his comedy is very, like, slapstick. Yeah, yeah. It's big. It's, it's big yeah. and slapstick, and it kind of, like, hits you over the head. And to me, it just seems like his comedy's for the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's I, basic. It's just, just basic, yeah. No creativity to it, just, like... Let me stick with the couple things that work. There's no subtlety or nuance to his comedy. Like, no. I I really appreciate, like, subtle or dry humor, sarcastic humor, nuanced humor. But, like, his is, like, just so in your fucking face to where you're like, dude, guy, is there anyone mm-hmm. who, who laughs at this who has an IQ over 40? No. Or is it all below 40 IQ? People? Or, like, over the age of, like, 60. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Not a huge Keenan Thompson fan. Last guy that I just want to bring up because this is just kind of sad. Sean Weiss, who we talked about in our fun facts about this movie. Josh Birnbaum. Um, have you seen him Mm-mm. of late? Mm-mm. So he acted until about 2016 and then he just like full on became a method. Oh, shit. And he just You don't age well with that. Mm-mm. No, and no. you you look you age so quickly. So there's a look up a picture of him. Just I don't want you to see. There was a, and as you're looking at his name is Sean Weiss. Sean with a W Weiss. Um, as you're looking that up, 
he went on this massive downward spiral after 2016. Hasn't acted in t- uh, after 2016. Last four years, he's been arrested for burglary, drug possession, drunken disorderly conduct. Um, list goes on and on. But he has a mugshot of when he got arrested. It was either in 2018 or 2019. And yeah. Yeah. He looks yeah like if you told me he was 70 years old i would believe you he looks like a guy on meth yeah it's so sad it is insane oh look at this comparison of him from mighty ducks to like age 30 at age 30 i remember him he was like on uh he was like a little little role in king of queens for an episode or two um holy shit yeah he literally looks like he's 70 years old don't do meth kids do not don't do drugs. Don't do math. Stay in school. I have one more player okay. that I want to talk about. Okay. Pat Finley. I don't know the actor's name. This guy and annoyed me so much. He's a total douche. His hair is such a douche. So weird in this movie. Two things on him. One, he said he'd been coming to the camp since he was ten. Mm. And then at the end they do a roll call of who has been here the longest. And he says eighteen years. Mm-hmm. In this movie, he's supposed to be 28 years old. Uh, unclear if that's 18 years as a counselor or 18 years that he's been there. There's no way he's 28 in this movie. No, uh, no chance. So no chance. I have an issue with that because yeah. that just seemed weird. No chance. There's no it. Ha- that has to be it's 18 years as a counselor because yeah. there's no way that guy yeah. is 28. Okay. Second thing, why do he and Jerry? look alike uh it could be jerry's dad that needs to be his dad in this movie not dr phil i know his dad is <laughs> That's exactly like dr dad, phil his dad is the dad from arrested development yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but all... he still had like some dark hair <laughs> yeah he uh he has a mustache though so he looks like dr phil um also the dad from uh the hangover yeah 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 but that guy's awesome i love that guy He's a tool in this movie, though. He's a total dick. Oh, uh, total asshole to his son. Save him. I will get to him later <laughs> no. in a big way. But yes, Pat. Mm-hmm. Pat honestly annoys me so much in Such this movie. A it's like, dude, we get it. You're the cool camp counselor. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking fart yeah. noise, dude. Like, mm-hmm. congratulations on being a cool camp counselor. If you're a cool to camp the counselor, to the ten-year-old kids. Yeah. Ten-year-old fat kids. Oh, congratulations! You're crushing it. <laughs> I guarantee that guy makes like sub thirty grand a year mm-hmm. when he goes back to. He his, lives like, for his summers to oh be the God. cool guy at camp, and no way does he end up with Nurse Julie. No, 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 no that way. was a massive nope. fuck up by this movie. Horrible, right? Okay, should we transition into the actual movie with a little music? Everybody wants to be closer to reason I want to bring up this song is because the opening montage of this movie, mm-hmm. I just loved the ways that they showed that Jerry is an overweight boy. <laughs> like, here, I listed them out. Here's how they show that Jerry's fat, mm-hmm. a fat kid. First and foremost, he misses his school bus 
And then they show him like trying to catch it, but he just can't because he's too fat. And the school bus is going five miles an hour, if that. And also, that doesn't happen. The bus can't leave without you. That's such a fallacy in movies all the time. They just they just left him because he was so fat. <laughs> and then they say, see you later, fat boy. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that he was fat yet. Thank God you said fat boy. Now I know he's oh, fat. Oh, now we know he's fat. Um, then when he's walking home, this is number two, he walks past a baseball field and someone <laughs> hits a ball over yeah. the fence and like it's on Jerry to throw the fucking ball back and he makes like four attempts to, to get this ball back over the fence yeah. into the field of play because yeah. they're like, hey kid, throw us that ball. Yeah. Like, oops, throw us that ball, kid. Him throwing a baseball, it looks like me throwing a ball with my left hand, my off hand. I honestly think you and I could do that better with our left hand. Oh, for sure. Like, so it's like, okay. It's like he can't throw this not because he's fat. It's because apparently he didn't develop his fine motor skills. Like, he's completely inept at point A and B of throwing a ball. Bad parenting. His dad never (laughs) tossed with him when he was young? Like, have a catch, son? Like, that was a miss. And then... uh, Another reason why Maury is the worst. Yeah, Maury sucks. Maury Garner. Uh, Number three... There's just, he's walking past a lady walking a dog, and the dog is just barking ferociously at him, wants yeah. to rip his head off. She says nothing. She just keeps pulling the dog. But dogs obviously hate fat people. They have, they, yeah, <laughs> they hate fat kids. And then the fourth one in this opening montage of Jerry being fat is he, on this walk home, he like can't handle it. And so he stops at a lemonade stand and then just buys the entire pitcher of lemonade and chugs the entire mm-hmm. pitcher of lemonade. Yeah. Because he's so fat, he can't even handle a walk home. Yeah. Which is just, the, <laughs> that just makes no sense. So, goddamn. Okay. It's, it's. So, it's uh, Fat Jerry yeah, starting off. It, it is just beat <laughs> over our head. Jerry is fat. Mm-hmm. Which, again, Jerry's a little chubby, but. he Like, not- it's not so egregious or, like, unhealthy that you're worried about this kid. Like. No. He's just like kind of a chubby kid. Not that you would be so worried that you would send him to a fucking fat camp. I just want to say this would be my fucking nightmare. I just remember when we would go on vacation when we were growing up on the days where like mom and dad would want to like, hey, we're going to have you kids go to like this day camp because the adults, we're going to all go play golf and then Mm -hmm. go have dinner and we'll get you. Those days were our nightmare yeah, like they were not fun and it was just one day mm-hmm. where you would have to go and there'd be like these little, like they're like camp counselors yeah at these fucking like essentially it's not a day it's like an adolescent daycare yeah it's where they're like they're not watching over you they're more being like your friend and your buddy yeah, teaching but they're you how giving to do you crafts. like structured activities that blow uh, okay here's here's all you need to know about those fucking adolescent structure activities on those day camps it's like icebreaker games in the workplace mm, mm-hmm. or like when you're in college in class and you have to do an icebreaker game on yeah. the first day which is like two truths and a lie bullshit yeah. icebreaker games tell like us that. your name and something interesting about you those are the games that happen all day all day at mm-hmm. fucking camps like that and so point of all that is to just say i cannot fathom yeah a whole summer of that bullshit no. and it's cheesy as hell and 
So much so, they're flying him to this camp. Oh, my God. And I'm like, surely you can find a fat camp within driving distance. Like, I just can't even imagine a world where that would fucking happen. It wouldn't. I, I refuse to believe. I, no, the reason I pause is because I have so much heat for Maury Garner, the dad of Gerald Garner. Jerry, I have so much heat on him, but like, yeah, I need to save him till later. Yeah. Just no. I have. Yeah. <laughs> Just no, I hate him. We need him. to return to the phone call. The phone yeah. call is the thing that pisses me off. And OK, we'll get there. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the camp. Gerald Garner, he flies there. Mm-hmm. He flies there. He finds out actually this camp is really cool. It's it's like, hey, we're all a bunch of fat kids, but we're in this together and we just have fun. We mm-hmm. have go-karts. We have this thing called the blob, which is like just this crazy like water trampoline situation thing. Yeah. It's actually not that bad. So he gets there and it's like, cool. Then Jerry Stiller, RIP. Mm-hmm. The Bushkins. The Bushkins show up and they inform all the kids that they have to file some bankruptcy chapter nine bankruptcy to be specific that scene is hilarious it's seen as hilarious <laughs> mainly just when jerry stiller yells this one word of advice <clears throat> never let anyone sign your checks Bobby, please <laughs> she's like jerry stop it stop it <laughs> so the bushkins who are the best are out And this is where we get introduced to the man, Mm -hmm. the myth, the legend. Tony. Tony (laughs) Perkins. Yes. Now it's time to meet a new owner and operator. Tony Perkins is a man who believes in you. His life is dedicated to saying things like, yes, and you better believe it. Entrepreneur, a motivator, and a new friend. May I introduce... Comes in hot with like an 80s power suit, even though it's 1995. Comes in in this 80s power suit, white pants, navy jacket that's three sizes too big. Oh, that's 95. Yeah, that's (laughs) mid 90s. Starts out with this motivational speech that is laced with racism that is hilarious. Where he says, I'm looking out into the crowd and what do I see? Winners. And he's like, I see the future CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I see a rap artist. (laughs) And And it cuts to Keenan Thompson, (laughs) who's just like, what? What? And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) I see the future president of the United States. And he points to Nicholas, the British kid. (laughs) Yeah. um, He's doing... He's doing this like infomercial, this weight loss infomercial, mm-hmm. and he's like just he's like a dictator, and he's hired just like a whole crew of like brainwashed minions to essentially yeah. just like carry out all of his fucking shit. I mean, he was essentially a pyramid scheme in the nineties. A hundred percent. Buy yeah. into this. Give me some money. I'll make you part of the Perkis team. We're going to have this infomercial, make so much money. Yeah. You get three people. Yeah. (laughs) Then those three people each get three people. Yeah. (laughs) So one of his minions, though, is Lars. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into my first nominee on our Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award of the Week. Mm easy to sum it up we just talk about practice we sitting here we're in here talking about practice 
talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. Practice? I mean, how silly is that? Just to remind all the kids, Ryan Phillippe Practice Here Award nominee list. These are the guys or girls who fucking suck complete ass in practice. They're doing way too much. Mm -hmm. You're just like, dude, this isn't a game. Why are you trying so fucking hard for no apparent reason? Mm -hmm. So for my first nominee, Ryan Phillippe Practice Here Award is Lars. He's the German dude who has like a really nasally voice. He's intense as fuck. And the first descriptor that he gives, which was perfect, was that he says, I have a severely deviated septum and I can't even breathe when I sleep. (laughs) But do not be alarmed by the sounds. I also just love when he like is doing that workout thing and he just yells, I'm feeling skinny, Tony. (laughs) Yes. I love when he answers, uh, I think it's Roy who asks him, where are you from? And he just gets really close to him and goes, far away. Far away. (laughs) Okay, Lars. (laughs) Yeah, so Lars is one. And you you can add anyone. I only have two on my list. So, And I'll let you pick who the winner is. Okay. So you, you drink all these in. I only have, actually, I have three. So number two is Tim, who is Paul Feig. He's a camp counselor. He was once fat. He's now the skinny guy, but he's also in that same vein as Pat of like, he's the cool camp counselor. Mm-hmm. He's cool, man. He's cool as fuck. Yeah. His, but now he's the butt of the joke because he's the skinny guy at fat camp. And I'm like, okay. His intro outfit. Yeah. He's, when he's first introduced on screen, he's wearing Timberland bits. Sure. Short shorts. Jorts, in fact. Jorts. And... A mini half shirt jersey situation. Mm-hmm. Like he's wearing a like, bl- it looks like a black Carolina Panthers jersey, except it's just been cut by him at the belly button. Yeah. We call that a crop top these days. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's wearing it. And yeah. I was just like, why mm. do that guy? So Tim's number two, and then number three, we've already talked about him. I'm going to put him on this list because I fucking hate him, and that's Pat, Pat. <laughs> the main camp counselor, Pat. <laughs> so any other ones, or you go with those three? Uh, Tim was my person, actually, okay, that then, I was going to nominate. Okay, so now you have three nominees. Mm-hmm. Tim, who you were going to nominate, Lars, and Pat. Of those three, who strikes you as the biggest Ryan Phillippe practice hero of this movie. Mm. Doing too much. You want him to do way less. I less. throw Pat out quickly because, I don't know, he's too central, so I'm not going to like throw him under. I'll give you <laughs> Lars. Lars. Mm-hmm. But that's a close one. But it, I think what's tipping me over is Lars being covered with honey when he's tied to the tree at, later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his acting at that point is, yes, I can be your friend. I'm with you. And I am with you. Then I'm like, oh, God, Lars. So I think that's what tips it over for me. Okay. So, Lars, you get the Ryan Phillippe award. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. <laughs> Back to the plot. Mm-hmm. Tony's out of control. So Tony starts running this camp making the kids like he's turned it from like a fun summer camp into like a intense as fuck 
weight loss regiment and mm-hmm. it's like like he, fitness boot camp fitness boot camp yeah and you're making these kids like do stuff that even adults would have issues with he degrades them mentally mm-hmm. he physically tears them to shreds he like cancels meals cancels lunch <laughs> he he'll he found all their candy he like destroyed all their candy all this shit tony perkis is just fucking going out of control mm-hmm and then we get to a very pivotal scene, which is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. You almost wanted to do one of the songs from this scene as your intro song. I talked you out of it because Tones <laughs> and I is so much better. But I do want to play another song right now, which is playing at the dance. Here it is. Yeah, so they they go to this dance and like, fuck, they brought the girls over from the girl camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tony brought them all just so that the fat kids at his camp would be embarrassed because we all know shame leads to weight loss. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. That's, that's given. So all the girls come over. I swear to God, the one girl like at this dance had to be like twenty years old. Yeah, the, the one, one with the, the brown w- hair, white dress. Yeah, she yeah, walks yeah. over to these like twelve-year-old boys, mm-hmm. and she's got like angel wings essentially <laughs> behind her. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, how fucking old is this this model? Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, Tim. When that song is playing, this to me was the first turning point of the movie where we saw that the kids in the camp and, like, the good counselors, like Mm -hmm. Tim and Pat, are going to fucking stand up and fight. And Tim, he started, like, dancing. He was... No one was dancing. Everyone was awkward at this Mm -hmm. dance. Tim goes in the middle, and he just starts dancing by himself. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hero move by Tim. Yeah. Although also doing too much because his dance moves were ridiculous. For sure, 100%. -hmm. Nominated for the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award because of his dance moves... But what I will say, though, is hero move. Yeah. Hero move. Yeah, yeah. He there's, took one for the team. There's nothing worse than going out on a limb like that. Yeah. And just dancing by yourself yeah. to turn the entire night around mm-hmm. for everyone. And then just, Pat was going to run away and he joined in with them. Um, super cool. You know, I actually want to insert a clip from a TED Talk right now hmm. on what you just mentioned. Yeah. On Pat. There's this whole thing on this TED Talk. I had to watch it work once, and it was actually kind of interesting. But to set it up, it's talking about, like, it's actually easy to be the first guy and mm-hmm. to start a movement and to be a leader in a mm-hmm. movement. That's actually the easy part is being that first guy. Mm-hmm. The hard part is being the first follower of that guy. Yeah. First, of course, you know, a leader needs the guts to stand out and be ridiculed. But what he's doing is so easy to follow. So here's his first follower with a crucial role. He's going to show everyone else how to follow. Now, notice that the leader embraces him as an equal. So now it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Now, there he is calling to his friends. Now, if you notice that the first follower is actually an underestimated form of leadership in itself. It takes guts to stand out like that. 
The first follower is what transforms a lone nut into a leader. And the video is like at a concert where there's like one person just like dancing yeah, yeah. and saying, and then someone goes and join, and then like the entire lawn is then just like erupting in like yeah. crazy dance moves. It's a hundred percent that it's mm-hmm. the first guy that goes out there. It's easy to chalk him up as like, oh, he's crazy, whatever. Yeah. But then. Once you get one follower, that first follower is actually the guy who's going out on the biggest limb. Mm -hmm. And then that guy, though, is the most critical guy because everyone else to start a revolution and like a movement Mm -hmm. is joining because they saw someone else did it. Yeah. Someone else did it first. Yeah. So I it's just I that's how I was viewing Pat of like damn actually even though I've been shitting on Pat this whole podcast like fuck like yeah Pat with like a hero move being the first follower at that dance mm-hmm. well and I think like you get to see like what the camp would actually be like if it were Bushkins and the counselors and the kids that it would actually just be like a fun camp and not the cheesy ones we had to go yeah. through yeah <laughs> like one day of vacation. <laughs> <laughs> So back to the plot. Yeah. All the kids, they're they're all like fighting back now. So this yeah. dance has like led to all the kids being like, fuck this. We're going to fight back. And they're like sneaking sweets in. Mm-hmm. None of them are losing weight. No, <laughs> they're them, gaining weight. They're all gaining weight. And Which it, actually that brings me to, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I have mcitw nominee based on this sneaking in fast food thing if you want to just give them citw i'll let you give it now or later you can do it now okay but if you're gonna do it now we gotta first give our fine sponsors some love okay do it this mcitw and that is the marissa cooper is the worst of the week it is brought to you by our fine aforementioned sponsors of Wicklow Wear. W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check out. Get 10% off your order. That's $30 in the baseball tees. $20. Thanks. $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. Get out his kit. Slide into our DMs with requests for our swag and we will give it to you. That is wicklowwear.com. Okay. MCITW. Go ahead. MCITW is the fucking turncoat oh. who used to be in the chipmunk bunk. Yeah. And he says, Tony, I was a chipmunk for years. Let me show you where we hide the candy. Oh, like a fucking, fucking tool. And then they take all the candy. He's the same fucking tool selling them the fast food that he's putting in the false tree. I know. So he did all of that to turn money on the kids. His former friends. It's actually like a sleuth business move. Total turncoat. <laughs> but yeah. MCITW. Benedict Arnold. No contest. This this guy is biggest like snake because he rats all the kids out. Yeah. Just so he can fucking make an extra dime by sneaking candy back in. Wow. Yeah. What a move. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. Like that. Easily. That was pure MCITW. strategic. Damn, so that guy, we don't even know your name, but... You deserve one. Turncoat, douche. I do remember he had a party ramp haircut, so more points off. And with those points off, we will say, be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. Get fucked. Okay, <laughs> back to the plot lines. Yes. 
they're sneaking candy in and it leads to one of the most pivotal scenes in the entire movie which is the way it's the way in tony's we, gearing up for the infomercial with uh the cameraman what's his name kenneth it's actually the lead guy from grandma's boy yes <laughs> it's the cameraman kenneth, yeah. the cameraman yeah and he's like all right are we rolling and he goes to run in <laughs> for the way in <laughs> i'm not rolling yet i'm not rolling are you rolling now okay let's go <laughs> okay yeah he, he turns it on for the camera yeah so he's like so jacked up and he's having the cameras are rolling he's having all these kids go up on the scale and do weigh-ins and starting to realize that all the kids mm-hmm. are actually gaining weight <laughs> so i have it written down uh let's see philip gained two pounds Damn, Philip. At this point. Is he the British boy? No, he's the redhead one that was originally caught with the food on the bathroom stall. Yeah. Nicholas is the British one. Yeah. So he weighs in at two pounds and Tony's pissed, but he keeps his cool because he's on camera. He's like, (laughs) okay, muscle weighs more than fat. (laughs) Up next, Gerald Garner. And brings up Jerry, who has gained nine pounds. Yeah, <laughs> fucking idiot, Jerry. Way In like go. one month, which is insane. All right, so let's play this clip then. Yes. After Gerald Garner, lead who gained nine pounds, leading to the next guy who gets on the scale. Here's this clip. Have you been cheating? Hmm? Turn off the camera. Let me make something very clear. The Perkis system does not work with cheaters like Gerald Garner, okay? How can I sell an infomercial about fat kids who can't keep their piggy little snouts shut? Hmm? Who's gonna buy that, huh? Step off the scale. Okay, turn on the camera. <laughs> Josh Birnbaum, All step right. on up. Get on the scale, son. <laughs> Get off the scale. Okay, then. Turn off the camera. All right. Get off the scale. Turn the camera off. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have quoted this yeah. scene more times than I can count. It's the most Get quotable off the scale. scene. Get off the scale. Turn the camera off. <laughs> Get on the scale. Get off the scale. Turn the camera off. It's amazing. It's yeah. it's like the best the best scene. Josh Birnbaum gets on the scale. It was like he gained more than fifty pounds. <laughs> And he's just like, get off. Get off the scale. (laughs) Turn the camera off. So Ben Stiller is now just like fucking beside himself. He's just like Mm -hmm. so pissed. And he just goes into like full punishment mode where he's like, all right, I'm going to literally punish everyone. I'm going to take these kids on a 20 mile hike and I'm just going to fucking roast them. Mm -hmm. So... Which, by the way, like, god damn, this guy is, like, going above and beyond with, with like, child endangerment. Oh, yeah. Shit. 100%. And this is after he makes this decision, after he has a conversation with himself. Yeah. So he has full-on lost his mind. He's a psychopath, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> He's definitely a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, he takes him on this 20-mile hike, and then, like, mid-hike hilarious scene because the kids are still like hey, we got to do something about this shit but like the only plan that they came up with was let's just have him do a blindfolded setup and then we're gonna <laughs> fart in his face <laughs> that was like 
That yeah. was their only solution of like, we got to stop this guy is put a blindfold on him with a bandana. We're going to have Josh Birnbaum just yeah. rip his fucking pants down <laughs> and just shoot farts onto his face yeah. as he's doing a sit up right into. Well, and the premise to get him to do the sit up was so idiotic. <laughs> yeah. They say, they say- uh, well, Jerry says that Roy is saying this. Jerry says that you can't do a sit up if you can't see or hear. And he goes. So many myths about the abdominal muscles. <laughs> Let me. Okay, Tony's gonna do a demo, and he then lays demo down. Time. They cover his eyes. They never cover his ears. So yeah. that's just like a a huge blooper in the movie. And then yeah, sits up into his butt and gets a fart in the face. <laughs> so Tony just essentially like karate chops. Yeah. Josh Burn bounces. Oh my god. <laughs> Karate chops him. Karate chops the back of his knees. Josh Birnbaum loses his legs and then just starts running away. Mm -hmm. And as he's running away, Tony like slips and falls into like just like a pit. And I don't know how he didn't break both of his fucking legs when he fell into this pit. But um, anyways, they now have him captured. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. Uh, let's just kidnap the fuck out of the counselor guy. Like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. So they capture him and, and then they talk about like, God damn, like 1995 cruel punishment. Like they kidnap him and tie him up and then like have him caged. Yeah. An electrified cage. In an electrified cage and like duct tape his mouth shut the whole time. I'm like, holy shit. These yeah. kids. Yeah. Fucking intense. Up. Well, and they keep him in there for days, too. Because, like, a couple oh, more yeah. scenes unfold all the while he's still locked up. I'm like, does he get bathroom breaks? I don't know. He, I was... he doesn't get to shower. We see that. And he's just, like, in his really tight, like, leggings, his workout leggings. His hiking outfit. It was a, is, a like, jumpsuit thing. It was, like, a... a one piece. Legging, <laughs> legging merging into a top yeah Basically like a wetsuit for hiking yeah a wetsuit for hiking <laughs> um yeah it's the same questions i'm like is he just pooping in that hiking wetsuit yeah i don't it's like a hiking romper how do you go to the bathroom you have to take the whole thing off to i think he's just like pooing in that wetsuit all right anyways um <laughs> they then throw the kids throw like an end of year party to mm-hmm. celebrate like this is the final the the parents all come yeah. to pick up their kids and it's like one final it's kind of like a graduation i guess of the summer mm-hmm. and when they're there they show the parents via video what's really yeah. been going on yes behind the scenes this is where i was actually gonna give my mcitw but since you already gave it i don't want to double dip but Who just know thinking? that this scene with the parents lucan led me to my two in consideration set for who fucked up the most in this movie one and i hated doing this but i was just like so disappointed with him because i loved mm-hmm. him so much nicholas Oh, I love Nicholas, but yeah. Nicholas. Nicholas, where do you think he got a Hershey kiss from? He's been locked up, you fool. And he's supposed to be the smart one. Nicholas is a little British boy, and I fucking loved him the whole movie. And then, like, (laughs) during this parents' weekend, they put Nicholas on guard 
for Tony and it was just like, damn, Nicholas, like Tony just offered him one Hershey kiss and Nicholas, who's not even fat, like, yeah, he couldn't even help himself. Yeah. Such fucking. Well, he slept through Tony breaking down the electric field. Yeah. (laughs) And then gives him a metal fork. Not sure who did that to the prisoner. Yeah. And then falls for the whole Hershey's kiss bit. I know. Damn, Nicholas. Just like, look, Nicholas, we're not mad. It's disappointed. Especially when you see his performance in the Apache Relay. You know he's a smart kid. Yeah. So it's like, what are you doing? He's like one of the biggest reasons they win that Apache Relay. So Nicholas letting me down. And then two, aforementioned, Jerry's dad. The worst scene with him is Jerry calls him and is like, Dad. This guy's a fucking psycho. Yeah. He's cracked out. He's not feeding us. He's trying to kill us. And his dad's like, Jerry, I've heard enough. Now you're going to stay there and keep working hard. He goes. And hangs up on his son. He goes, I didn't send you to go-kart Yes. It's like, dude, guy, listen to your son. Like, He's saying, hey, we're being abused here. Can you come pick me up? I get the whole thing of like, yes, kids probably say crazy things and exaggerate and and like just like us at at those camps when we were growing up (laughs) not the end of the world but we probably pretty much the end of the world we we related to our parents like mom never again fuck this listen to me don't send us back (laughs) but i feel like if we were like saying stuff like hey mom at this camp like, mm-hmm. we are getting physically and mentally abused. Yeah, this shit is actually messed up. <laughs> like, we're getting <laughs> abused. It's child abuse. I feel like our parents would listen. Or at least call the head and be like, hi, yeah. getting weird calls from my kids. What's going on? Not just full on, hey, I'm not listening to you. I don't give a shit about the yeah. go-karts. So lame, Maury. Maury sucks. So, anyways, yeah. those were going to be my nominees. I'm cool giving it to the guy that you gave it to, though, because it's like, honestly, that guy was a turncoat, so I'm fine with it. But Maury mm-hmm. sucks in this movie. He's the worst dad ever. Yeah. It then leads to this fire clip where Tony escapes <laughs> during this parents' weekend, and he says this shit when he gets out and he's faced with Maury Garner. I'm too strong. strong you're too weak (laughs) and then jerry's dad maury garner just like gets his ass beat yeah right in front of his son but then ben stiller is doing all these backflips and then he just kind of knocks himself out well he gets one punch in to tony and he goes i'm sorry sir you are wrong some like lame ass line or something yeah and then he turns around and Jerry's finally like, oh, my dad has balls. That's cool. cool. My dad's cool. And then Tony just hits him over the head from behind and starts doing backflips <laughs> like the truly cracked out psycho he is. 
and knocks himself unconscious. Yeah. So he leads to his own capture the second time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think both times were on him. Like both times. Because the first time yeah. he got captured, he just like wasn't paying attention where he was walking and he fell yeah, into a pit. Yeah, while he was pit. chasing Josh. So again, it just goes to show that Ben Stiller, <laughs> Tony Perkis... He was this whole movie. He was yeah. also the only guy who could take himself down. <laughs> he was his own worst nightmare. He literally drove every plot point in this movie. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So, goddamn. And there was this whole Apache relay thing at the end yeah. that I don't even... To me, it was like an added 10 minutes of waste. I, I was like, what? But the movie's over. Tony it's, is... It's just to get redemption against Camp MVP that's it but that is actually why nicholas was my mvp nominee because he carries the whole thing so are we should we transition in into your mvp fully i think that's all i have okay. on like plot point stuff while we transition we want to say that this mvp it is brought to you unofficially by our unofficial sponsors of the entire industry of Japanese denim. We will say Japanese denim it is the finest denim, indestructible. It feels so good on your knees, on your ankles, on your thighs, on your calves, every single thing below the waist. Japanese denim. And as we say on this podcast, Japanese denim, that is Japanese made. Podcaster approved. Okay, go ahead with your MVP. <laughs> My They're a sponsor. We have to give them love. Okay. It's the industry of Japanese denim. Okay. My MVP. Nicholas is my nominee. Okay. For these reasons. One. Is he your winner? Do I have to just like pick one? I thought you named one. I well, named one. No, 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 no. You, you just, it's all on you for the MVP. So if you have multiple nominees, oh. list them. If you just have a winner, just list the winner. I don't know that I feel super confident about him as my winner, but I don't think I picked another one. No, then that's just say who the MV your winner is. Okay. I guess it is Nicholas because Okay. <laughs> because he is pretty much the only one who carries them through the Apache relay. So it's a late MVP win. Yes. And he's just like cute and funny. And I like that in a little chub kid. No, look. Nicholas almost got the MCITW from me mm-hmm. because he really fucked up. But I, I do Some like... Some might call that a dark horse. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the vibe of like, hey, you know, people make mistakes. <laughs> Nicholas fucked up. Yeah. Nicholas made a mistake. It's okay. Mm-hmm. He totally redeemed himself and not even sure why this little British boy is... At this American fat camp. I'm not sure. Because he's not fat. Yeah. <laughs> and he's British. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why his parents flew him eight hours over to the United States for this summer camp. Yeah. It wild. It makes no sense. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I do like Nicholas. I'm totally cool with him getting the MVP. And I just want to give a honorable mention to Tony Perkis for MVP. Yeah, I know. And that, that we're yeah. giving the most obvious MVP of this movie where it's just like, it's a given. Yeah. Tony Perkis yeah. would be like, he's everything. This, this movie is what it is because of Tony Perkis. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's all him. Mm-hmm. That's it from me. Anything else? Any other burning? 
I don't think so. I think the movie ends it perfectly with good old fashioned 90s freeze frame. Oh, it did? And there are two freeze frames in this movie. Oh, so there's one. Fuck. <laughs> there's one in the middle after uh, Josh Birnbaum gets kicked out and it's oh. like we never saw Josh again. And yeah. then it's just a freeze frame on his face. Yeah. And then the movie ends with a freeze frame of the other father son in the movie, Jerry and Pat, (laughs) of them just like yucking it up with his biological father because Maury doesn't have any balls. God, such a 1990s like saved by the bell trope of that freeze frame thing. It was always done to like mid high five or mid jump. Yeah. Like mid. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh. So if you're looking for a gram post off this, it's me and you doing a freeze frame. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a good note to end on. I like it. I, I feel like we got in, we got out, we crushed. Crushed. A we great, got all the fam. We got all the fam. I will say that this movie, it held up. It held up totally. Like I, I'm always so let down when I watch like a movie like Surf Ninjas. Oh yeah. And I hadn't seen yeah. that in 20 years, and then I watch it when i'm in my like i'm 30 and it's like oh fucking i was ever into that movie yeah. damn it we loved that movie too it was so good the back premise, then what? and then it doesn't hold up uh-uh. and a movie like this is like this movie totally held up i still mm-hmm. loved it yeah it's a classic for sure ben stiller crushing kids you know what time it is it is time to wrap it and it is time for you to tuck on and kids you have a really good night's sleep and on this pod as we always say kids we will tell you clear eyes full hearts do less kids do bye (laughs) you can follow us on instagram at vicarious living podcast and listen to all of our episodes on itunes spotify stitcher and soundcloud You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. Just not pictured. Steven and Elsie. Both there. Just not pictured.